mean, there was a study done, which is like it or not, we, we are animals. We're very sensate, we're very visual. Within the first 30 seconds of meeting someone, you do a sweep normally, and you don't even realize sometimes you do it, but that sweep says a lot. So what do you want that 30 second sweep to tell the world who you are, what you're about? Welcome to Reinvention After 50, a brand 50 podcast where we interview a large spectrum of entrepreneurs that have started their businesses later in life. Learn, be inspired, and get motivated by their stories so that you can take your life's experiences and turn them into your next venture. And now your hosts, Robert Erie Artboard and Stephanie O'Dell. Welcome everyone to Reinvention After 50, a Brand 50 podcast. And today, Stephanie O'Dell is interviewing Judith Rizzio, who is a lady who just loves fashion and has learned how to stylize and help people stylize, but she has a little different take on it. Can you tell us a little bit about what her different take is? Yeah, um, Judith, I found Judith on the Today Show, gosh, two, maybe three years ago. I was watching and I was like, oh my God, who is this woman? I have to meet her. She lives in Portland and she is a huge proponent of consignment shopping and thrift store shopping and doesn't believe in fast fashion and she um, used to own or work at a a thrift store and she saw that the trans community was coming in to shop and but they would say they were shopping for their mother or their sister or and she kind of would realize that they were shopping for themselves but they were embarrassed or people were staring at them so she started closing her store at night and inviting them to come back at night and shop without anybody staring at them and this was a long time ago it was really before any acceptance was out there for the trans community gay community and um so she's just super passionate about inclusion so that transcends into age inclusion and uh gender inclusion and just loves fashion knows everything there is to know about fashion and the history of fashion it's really interesting to work with her and talk to her about fashion but more importantly she talked about uh, i don't know if that was this is the right word but uh, giving people dignity again you know especially for the trans community where you know they might not be accepted by a lot of communities and just the way she just talked about how how clothes make you feel and just you know, bringing that dignity back into a human being. I just right. thought it was a, a fresh take on it. Yeah, and it's, it's really for women too. I mean, we get, because we don't see ourselves represented and the trans community, the gay community, the plus size community also goes through this. They don't see themselves included in marketing. So it's really hard to imagine yourself being included in society when you don't see yourself represented. So, and she has such an amazing eye that she really helps um, people put things together in a different way and also on different budgets, um, you know, is very sensitive about that and making sure that the budget fits what the person can afford and where their life's at. Um, yeah. I had the opportunity to actually shop with her. She was in the Bay Area and she and I went thrift store shopping for five hours together. And we ended up at our last place. We ended up styling this woman. We couldn't help ourselves. She was trying these things on. We're like, oh, wait, let us see. Okay, you could do this. You could do that. And I mean, it was such a joy. You just, you can see she gives joy to people and she, by including them and and making them feel dignified and included and just beautiful in their clothes. Yeah. And there's that one example where you're talking about 
you know, she has a sliding scale depending on the person's budget because she's really into helping people. And she would like she had a Zoom call with somebody, I believe, in England that's that said, oh, I, I love this dress, but I can't wear it anymore. And then she just made an alteration. She said, well, do this. And then it turned it into a halter top. And she yeah. goes, that was my go to dress the whole summer, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, things like that, I just find very interesting. And I love how she talks about she doesn't care about trends because you know the the fashion industry they'll give you a trend and everyone hops on that trend they buy something for six, for six months to maybe not even a year and then they have to buy something else and she doesn't even go by that she just goes by what her eye sees yeah and the quality too i, I it was such a treat to shop with her and have her feel things and talk to me and look at this and look how it's made and um you know, if you are on a budget or if you want quality and unique pieces, going to consignment stores, going to thrift stores is really a treat when you understand kind of what you're looking for. So she has a great Instagram. You can get inspired by her Instagram. She does a lot of modeling up in Portland. She actually is on a job for me in New York right now. So that's super exciting. Mm. Um, but it's great to have her out there and um, talking about inclusion on many different levels. All right, so let's listen to what Judith has to say. Well, welcome for to another episode of Brand 50 Podcast. I'm Stephanie O'Dell with Celebrate the Great, and I am a host, one of the hosts on Brand 50 Reinvention After 50. And I'm here with Judith Rizzo today. Is it Rizzo? No, it's actually Rizzio. Rizzio. I'm sorry. I apologize. Okay. Two Z's in Italian is like has a T sound, like pizza. Oh, Rizzio. there you good go. To know. Good little to know. fun fact. Yeah. Um, Rizzio. You got it. Okay. Judith Rizzio. And Judith and I met, gosh, I think I, I DM'd you a year ago, maybe more than a year ago. Uh, now. It was, but yeah, it was a, a bit more than that. Um, and I, she so kindly responded, which, you know, when I was starting my gig at Celebrate the Gray and founding my company and anytime somebody responded and she had just been on the Today Show. So I knew she was inundated with people, but but I was watching the Today Show and up pops Judith and she's talking about fashion and the 50 plus woman singing, saying all the things I love to hear and helping women be empowered to celebrate their shape and learn to dress again if they feel like they're invisible, embracing color. Yes. But let me just read a little bit about you. Um, your love affair with fashion started in the Bowery in New York City. And at the Salvation Army, she would dig through bins, which now we were just talking about it has become this huge trend. But you started it how many years ago? That was in 1970, 71. Yeah. And <laughs> now it's, it's, as you were saying, it, that these young people that have started thrifting and selling and don't really understand the, what the fabric and what the quality and, and the depth of the fashion, which you had a love for early on, Very and you even. would tear those pieces apart and create something new. Mm-hmm. And you were always on the hunt for, for fashion. And that hasn't, ebbed at all. You still are on the hunt and now you're on the hunt for other people, which I watched a couple of your, watched the video from vice. And, um, I love that you went shopping with one of your clients Mm -hmm. and you spent the more than 40 years collecting, creating, and styling. You ran, still run the nonprofit thrift store. No, no, I did. I did that mostly in the eighties. Okay. Um, and, and was that wise buys that you did? 
One was Wise Buys, which was for the YWCA, hence okay. the Y, yes. And the other one was for, I helped open seven stores for the American mm-hmm. Cancer Society, and they were called Discovery Shops. Which they're still, those are still around. Yes, they are. Yes. And were they started there or where? Or- Do you know, I don't know if it was a national, you know, uh, push, but I, I literally was given like, okay, we we had this huge grant. We're going to open seven stores all over Oregon. And my job um, there was, it was really quite wonderful as I just traveled from one store to the next, helped open them, helped do the initial displays, volunteer pool. It was amazing. And then hired a manager and I would visit them every month. Oh, wow. I know. And hence why, too, I always left with something in a bag. <laughs> you know, God forbid I would leave. I was like, and now, ladies, I've done my job and I'm shopping. Yeah. And and sometimes they knew I would come. They go, oh, this is going to fit you. And they put it they put it aside, which I say, you're not supposed to do that. But thank you. You know, it was great fun. Yeah. And you've spent years styling friends, family, and even strangers. And you, I love that you work with clients on a sliding scale so that some women, you know, are in situations they can't afford as much others can afford. And that's so powerful for a woman to be able to give your service to her or him or them. Yes. Um, I have to say too, I also have done a lot of my styling in trade, in bartering uh, for services that people have. As a matter of fact, I just did a fantastic fun time with a woman, Susie in Bend, Oregon, and she's an amazing jeweler. And in return, she's making me a piece of jewelry. Perfect. I know know you inspired me to, to do that same kind of pricing. And I actually bartered with a massage therapist recently. Good deal. (laughs) (laughs) And I love that you want fashion to be accessible and fun Mm -hmm. for everybody. And, you know, invisibility doesn't just happen for women. It happens for men. It happens for trans people, gay people, bi people. It happens for everything. And and a part of your story, you know, we think about um, people coming to this country. Also, there's invisibility around that, too. Mm -hmm. So you really don't have any uh, age gender, race, any kind of requirement to work with somebody, which I love. No, you're all about making people visible. Um, And I think one other thing that's very important is that I want people, it is not style by Judith. It's not. I, I want to help them in regards to feeling great in their clothes, but mostly I want them to sort of self discover with my support, what will work for them to feel, you know, have fun and feel creative and get inspired putting on fun clothes. Also know how to do it so they love their body a bit more. And and especially for more marginalized people, uh, older women, um, trans individuals that are just sort of literally coming out as these new people Mm -hmm. is to find a strong presence in the world. And as we know, we all wear clothes. And so that also has to do with what clothing you wear. It just does. I mean, there was a study done that I always refer to, which is, um, like it or not, we we are animals. uh, We're very sensate. We're very visual. Within the first 30 seconds of meeting someone, you do a sweep normally. 
um, and you don't even realize sometimes you do it, but that sweep says a lot, you know? So I always think, and I would say, so what do you want that 30 second sweep to, to tell mm-hmm. the world who you are, what you're about, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, it's like a book cover. Like what inspires you to pick up a book? It's the book cover. It absolutely. And, you know, sometimes that's way too much that, you know, it's, you know, it's a lot, as we all know, the inside is much more important, but at the same time, it's just a truth. It's just a truth. Yeah. And one of the things that was powerful about when I first found out about you on the Today Show story was the stories talking about the trans community and that, noticing that they weren't comfortable shopping and you would close the store and let them come in at night and shop and help them. Yes. You know, in, in many ways, thank goodness that is, that is morphing and changing, not for everyone. There's still a lot of that, you know, the, the change that's happening, maybe it has always been inside. It's just still happening on the outside. So they'll go into a store and it just sort of all becomes flat screen. And they're in that sort of dysmorphia of who am Mm. I? What do I am looking like? What does that mean? And I think a lot of what I try to do is just very, um, you listen a lot and then say, come on, let's just have fun. Let's see what this works, uh, you know, for you. And in the eighties, very different story. Yeah. And I would notice a lot of gentlemen coming in at times saying they were shopping for their mother or their friend. And then I started noticing they're picking out clothes that would fit them. And I knew, uh, you know, I did a lot of theater and I could tell many times who they were and what there was going on. So I would just suddenly say, hey, listen, if you ever just want to, you know, have a little fun, I close it for, you know, knock on the door, come on in and let's see what we can do that's all I said. And, you know, I just knew that that would be a more safe and comfortable way and for them to just totally dive in. And then once they knew that I knew, uh, I would pull clothes a lot of times for them and say, oh, do I have something in the back for you? You know? And so it was, it was great fun. It was Well, I think also seeing them for who they were. Yes. And not making them fit into a box, you know, giving them possibility and permission to be who they were. And I think that's for the aging woman, that's the same kind of thing that happens for us. We, you know, don't see ourselves represented visually or in the narrative. So we start to dress to disappear. And then you just give somebody permission to be visible again um, Mm -hmm. and start wearing color and pattern and print. And it's okay to be noticed. Yeah, that's. That's one of the, you know, it's interesting. And that's just not for older women. Something, the work that I've done, um, I helped teach a college course uh, last year. It was very fun. And it was, uh, I talked a lot. It was a Zoom class. And we talked a lot about what, why do they not wear a lot of color? Or why is it that they wear more muted look? And they say, well, I don't want to stand out. And I was just so blown away. I was like, whoa, you know, and I said, so can you tell me why that is? And check this out. They said, because when I am online or if I post anything, I get slammed by people that tell how ugly I look. Oh, no. Or how bright and they... And I, I, I just thought, oh, that's awful. 
that is awful that the fact that they're not wearing especially bold colors is because they get they get uh, completely trolled about it and and you know you know nice clown one person said wow you sure look you know like a clown today and you're you know polka dots and i i, I just thought how unfair you know right. so it's very it's been very interesting to discover that that goes across the board well, I think too, it's, it, it happens when we go into stores that we walk in and we don't see any visuals representing older women Oh yeah, or very few so that you can't even imagine shopping in the store or you get, you know, there's the stories of shopping that you kind of get sent to the back of the store. Yes. Is the yes. other thing or, you know, that the stores that supposedly cater to older women, the patterns, the prints are large and garish and not attractive and Ooh. elastic bands and bad fabric. And, you know, it's like, well, when we get older, we don't want quality clothes anymore. And so thrifting, I think, opens up this opportunity or consignment shopping to get that quality clothes again. Yeah. That aren't think, so available. You know, it's interesting. It reminds me of when I was having my children, maternity clothes, Mm -hmm. um were atrocious they dressed you like a baby you know oh, everything smocky and ugly yeah. and you know um and so i of course was like i'll be damned if i wear that stuff um and so i would get men's oversized shirts which is quite the trend these days and i would um roll them up or i would cut off the sleeve i i know how to sew and i would i would make them like these big oversized, um, uh, wonderful maternity tops and would wear them with a pair of maternity jeans, which just came out in 1980. And, you know, um, a bit of that is, is starting to happen now, but it reminds me of that time, the, the fact that you were older women, so hence this is the box that right. is comfortable for right. you. And, you know, and, and this box is, you know, is too young for you or too bold, or if you happen to be larger, you don't wear patterns and you, or you do, they're huge. And it's right. Which does the exact no, right. what you want, right. You know, I mean, it's ridiculous. Or, you know, how dare you wear white? Yep. You know, so it, it is, it's, it's one of these things where it, I think that the joy of what I do is that. Um, I'm able to just by saying to someone, why don't you just try it? You know, I'll hand them a, a leather coat or something that they never thought of even like putting on. And, you know, they put it on, they're doing, oh, Judith, I never wear this. And they're walking over to the mirror and then they stop and go, oh, this is fun. I, I think this, I think I could pull this off. Yeah. And it's this great thing. It's like, yeah, you know, and if you didn't like it, you don't have to wear it. I mean, you know, I don't push, you know, my style or sense of who I am on them. And that's that's something that sometimes, please, stylists are amazing, very hard work and they're and they're good at what they do. But there's some where it's like and, you know, never, ever, you know, always go to neutral colors. Right. You know, or you can only wear this color. Yes. Like, no. Are you a believer in the color palette? What's it called? Doing your colors. I'm like, wear a color. What if you like the color? Wear the color. What are you talking about? Exactly. As a stylist, sometimes you know, I'll look and I'll say, you know what? That's sort of washing out. What do you think? You know, I always say, what do yep. you think? And they say, you know, I like it. I see it with this other thing. I'll go, okay, great. 
I mean, yep. but I mean, I'm, I'm there to help them because they'll say, what do you think? And I, you know, I'm pretty direct as you can probably tell, <laughs> but I'm not mean and I'm not into like, I'm sorry, that's not a trend. Right. You know, that's what, not a Panatone color this year, which t- I, I'm telling you, that is the best. That is the best of, of designer capitalism. Change the color every six months. Oh, right. And, and you know, and they'll follow. Yep. And it, it's, it's very true. I mean, I'm sorry to say, and they do it so that every six months, people who follow trends, you know, they goose step <laughs> with the trends, they go and buy the stuff. And it's normally not even that it's, it's very, you know, because they do that, they can't spend a lot of money. Right. So really bad looking clothes a lot of times to keep up with the trends. I'm not bad mouthing. I wish everyone had the right to, to, to get certain things, but that tends to happen. Well, I think that goes back to the conversation about who's making these rules. That's right. And are you making your own rules? Or are you following somebody else's rules that are unrealistic and really not about who you are? Yes. And it's so easy to do that because we're constantly bombarded with marketing telling us this is who you're supposed to be in your 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. Yes. So, yes. well, you say you're a style activist um, and you're redefining aging. Talk a little bit more about how you see yourself in, you know, I know you came up this way, but now you're in your sixties, how you're, you're redefining that for yourself now. Well, especially after COVID, I am so surprised that I cleaned up my closet um, in the beginning of COVID, you know, I had a lot of time is, you know, yeah. I'll do this. And I put, you know, stuff in bags and I've been collecting for years. So I had, a, I have a lot of stuff. And a lot of times I use that in my styling. I'm not just making excuses for why I have like taken over the entire house. <laughs> my husband has a closet this small and I have closets this big. Five closets. <laughs> including the basement. But with that said, just recently, I went back through those clothes because now that the, and I wanted to sell some of them. Um, and give some away. And I rediscovered things that I put back, you know, thought I was going to give away. And I reclaim them because I'm finding that I'm getting a lot. I am really enjoying pushing that envelope, you know, and, and putting patterns on patterns because mm-hmm. I'm doing a lot more of that and just experimenting again. So it's, and I'm really enjoying the creative process more. And so the other day, I was very fortunate. I had a, a modeling job for a very fun, a very fun, take it or leave it, it's called a vintage slash resale shop. And I brought some of my clothes and some of their clothes. And I all day styled myself in these clothes and photos were taken. And I came home and my endorphins, I felt like I had just run a marathon. It, I realized I missed it so much. It really helps me just be a creative person. And I know a lot of people out there don't get that creative energy from dressing. Some right. people dread it. And I understand that too. Um, you know, it's just like certain things I don't necessarily like to cook, but damn, I like to eat. <laughs> but the thing is that I'm saying is that as an act, as an activist, why I put that there is that I, you know, these words are very overused now and, um, but they work. I want everything that I do to be 
definitely inclusive. That goes without saying. I, I don't think, oh, you're trans, so you do this, 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 <clears throat> unless they're saying, you know, um, I can tell people where to get, for instance, bands, you know, so that uh, their presentation is more masculine and their breasts don't show as much, things like that. But beyond that, I just sort of sit with people and say, so what, what do you want this to be like for you? And really, really promote that. And then the most important thing is I, I, I believe strongly is the accessibility of fashion, including down to the fact that teaching people how to thrift so they can access nice clothes. Mm -hmm. And so in my life to see that is, is pretty wonderful. I get a lot out of what I do. I get just as much, you know, out of what I do. And I've always felt that way. I identify as being bi. And so my clothes, and I always have been, I can, I love, I have a, I actually have a drag king character. Um, his name is Stephanie Stefano. And I look oh. like a Italian man and I have a mustache. And when I wear Stephanie's clothes, every once in a while, every woman should put on a man's suit. You'll be surprised to see how you feel. Mm. And it's 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 just wonderful to play and use clothing um, to enjoy your life more too. And I, some of the people that I've styled, they keep on sending me pictures saying, "Check this out!" Polka dots, polka dots, exclamation points. You know, so it's it's just really fun to see people sort of reclaim themselves right. wherever they're at wherever they're at. And that's hard sometimes because you know how many clients have said, I really want to work with you, but I have to lose 20 pounds. Right. Oh gosh. Yep. Have you found that? It's, oh it's, yeah. Oh my God. It's just like, and I always say, well, okay. I mean, I'm not going to say, but how do you want to look now? Yeah. You, know, you deserve so life is going to be a put on hold until you do that. Yeah. So. And yeah. And it's very sad because what happens is this vicious cycle of, Maybe the 20 pounds don't come off, so the self-hatred, so yep. you go into the hole, so you don't dress nicely, so you don't do anything but put on your uniform for the day, and it doesn't really make you feel that great. Yeah. A lot of times, or you don't even know that you're not feeling great until you try something that feels nice, fits well, and you deserve it. Bottom line, you deserve it no matter where you're at. So, I mean... What, what are you, the 50 plus woman, let's focus on her. Yes. And your fashion is fantastic. I love how you mix and match, but it's an, it can be very intimidating to somebody to see how colorful and vibrant your clothes are. So for that 50 plus woman that's kind of stuck in a rut, her body has changed. She's doesn't want to be noticed because she's feels uncomfortable in the body. She's may have gone through with menopause. You know, how does somebody get started? What would, what would be some tips and advice you'd give her? And, and it's, it's really true. I, you know, I love to dress as you can see, I'm wearing my seventies fall colored shirt and I, I'm, I'm really big on themes. Uh, but the <laughs> thing I would say is with all my clients, I say, you know, we'll take this in baby steps. You know, you tell me, you tell me where you're at. And I might push it a bit and say, try this. What do you think? And a lot of times I even get more surprised because very quickly by just someone giving them and here's the permission 
the permission to see themselves as someone that has style. There's so many meetings around that or fashion, or they think someone's going to make them wear really uncomfortable clothes. Right. That is a number one thing, you know, I get. And I mean, and it's really direct. It's like, and I don't want to be uncomfortable. I'm like, I, I dig it. I get it. And so we work together very slowly. And then there's sometimes people say, push me, go for it, you know? And so I really listen. And but like, for instance, even if it's sort of a splash of color or a print, you can do that, like have it be just your belt or your purse or a scarf. See what that feels like. You know, you don't have to go, you know, whole hog right from the beginning, especially when this is new. But you'll be very surprised, especially if you start doing these things around people who know you, right. your loved ones, your good friends. I will tell you, I get they the first thing they'll say is like, look at you. I love your scarf. Wow. How long have you had that? Did you just get that? And it's this thing where your your visual has changed, and it's it's a, and it becomes fun. But I do think it's important. Don't feel like you have to go from zero, you know, to one hundred when it comes to the fashion, you know, barometer because everyone's fashion is different. I you know I have had a woman who literally said, "Look it, I rarely get out of my polar tech." I said. <laughs> Okay. Right. You know, I said, I understand. Love the polar tech myself. It's cozy. And I I said, let's look at your polar tech. And they were in different various shades of brown. Mm -hmm. um, and one, I think there was one dark green in there. And I just turned and said, Would you consider a different color of polar tech? And that was the first step. You yeah. know. Or even a pattern. They some of them come in patterns, and it really was something that that person thought about. And uh, you know, it was we. I I actually got to direct her to very safe places for her, where which was like REI, and you know, Pat Patagonia, which I call Patagucci. It's very expensive, um, but <laughs> <laughs> you know. But I get you know, and I say go to these outlets, go to Adidas, go to you know, and teach them like there's fun things there. Just let's give it a try. So you know, it's it's something that doesn't come naturally in the beginning necessarily. Nor do you have to dress like one of the most amazing women, as we know, Iris Apfel, right? To become that wacky older, you know, almost caricature, right? You know, I think that's what women are afraid of. Yes is that they don't want to be that extreme. Um, so to find visuals or help to get to the middle ground where you're comfortable, you and uh, so many people say, I don't know what my style is. I have no oh. idea. And yeah. so that, you know, kind of like you're saying, baby steps, uncovering it and letting somebody have a little bit more power in the decision-making than saying, oh, well, I guess I should buy this because that's what's in the magazines. <laughs> Yes, or they immediately censor. You know, they'll go through magazines yep. and say, I can't wear any of this. Right. And, you know, most of the time, I can't either. I mean, some of the stuff is so ridiculous. But what I do do is sometimes I'll look at how the clothes are being put together. And I, I take it like a challenge, you know, and I'll think, okay, what do I have that I, I sort of like what they're doing there, you know? And, and also there are gazillion of half-decent 
YouTube tutorials, some of them, and you have to sort of find them that can really give you some some ideas of of how you can go about doing it. But it, it, it is a process. It's not like it's just going to come right away, especially if you have people out there keeping you in your place. And that could also be your children. Mm. You know, you know, or your best friend or yep. your mother or your daughter. It's, it's, you'll, it's, and a lot of it too is sometimes it feels almost unnerving to them that you'd be doing this and, and changing your style or going, and you'll hear a lot. I hear a lot. And those people I know that started doing this, they say, you know what, you can pull that off, but I, I could never. And I'll, I'll say, well, maybe you could try it, you know? And as a stylist, I'll say, why don't I bring over some of my clothes? You know, you have to buy some, you know, that I have. And I have, I have clothes of different sizes so I can show them like, okay, so this is a pattern blouse. You're wearing pattern. How does that feel? And it, it sometimes takes that sort of, you know, testing the waters of fashion for your, for yourself. But most important, it, it's hard because people just don't even feel confident or feel deserving that having a sense of fashion or style is something that even they can relate to because they aren't the right size, again, the right age, don't have the right amount of money, the, you know, the right gender, the, the whole bit. And that's a lot of subtext to have to weed through to get to your fashion style. Yeah. A lot of stories in your head to yep. unwrap. Yep. Um, and do you think COVID with us sitting in front of screens for the majority of our days and staring at ourselves and looking at how we look on camera, does that changed your business at all? Well, it, it's been interesting. I had the lovely opportunity of uh, styling a woman from London and we did it on zoom and it was pretty cool because this woman was in her fifties. She had left a relationship that was her choice and she really was blossoming. And so what she did is she started bringing out her clothes and I kept on saying, could you bring out those clothes that you only save for special occasions? And that's one of the things I ask quite a lot when I, because that's another thing. We have these clothes that are, I call them our daily uniforms. So we all have them. I have them, but we end up wearing them every day. Right. And they don't, people don't even notice, including myself that like, uh, you know, that like I have like toothpaste on my shirt from that, you know, and I won't even notice it. I mean, you see, I go there. It's not like I'm, you know, this woman that looks great all the time. I mean, come on. But the fact most is. Most of the time. Most of the time. Well, you know, it, it, <laughs> it, it helps. It helps. But, but I, you know, I, I do think that um, when you put out those special clothes, I'll say, what makes them special to you? And do you like wearing them? How much have you worn them? And sometimes I'll even start with the special clothes and then work down to just the everyday clothes because I want them to feel what the clothing is like on them, how they're presenting, and why that particular clothing piece works on their body for them. And, and so with that too, I 
I help people, like, for instance, in my questionnaires, I always send out a questionnaire before I style anyone. To anyone who's interested, I always ask, what's your favorite part of your body? And it's normally like my arms or my legs, you know. And then I don't ever say, and what's the part of your body? Never. I put, and what part of your body would you like the eye to be distracted from? Mm, I like that way to say that. Well, it's true. We all have these areas that it's like, you know, please don't zoom in on this, you know, like, you know, please, you know, I mean, we, 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 all the time we do that to ourselves. And it's interesting because the list can be like this of that category. Mm -hmm. But what I do do is I'll say, you know, in the questionnaire, you told me that, you know, that your, your shoulders are too small. So let me, let me show you with some fashion. I call it the fashion, the, uh, the illusion of fashion. So much of styling is knowing how you can put clothes on a body to make your shoulders a little bit wider so it's more balanced with the lower part of your body or it gives you, you know, a, again, that sense of proportion. Right. And at those type of fun things, when my clients, they hook into. So when I was doing this thing back to this woman from London, um, we had this great session together. And not only did we use the clothes that she had, because, you know, we weren't doing this in stores, but we, I was able to, one thing I love to do too, when I style, because I'm see, I know how to sew. I took a skirt that this woman had and I said, can you do me a favor, sweetheart? Because she didn't like the skirt. It didn't fit her right there. And it wasn't the most, you know, it just, it, it, it just didn't fit her well. And she, bottom line, she didn't like it. And she was going to toss it. And I said, but boy, look at the colors. And I said, do me a favor, move it up. And I made it for her. I showed her how to go to a tailor and we took a belt and we made it into a halter dress for her because she was going to go to on a trip where it was a warm climate. And she, she said, I I can't begin to tell you. And then we talked again after the trip. She goes, that was my go-to dress because everyone. And so, you know, it's, it's really fun to also go shopping in people's closets and say, you weren't off, but maybe it needs to be this way now and just sort of knowing how to move with your body um, as it changes to move with your sense of your age if that's you know a lot of times there are things that I would never wear that younger people wear and I go fantastic when put it on me you know I don't think I've ever worn hot pants yeah. <laughs> I'm a Bermuda- not yet no no I'm a Bermuda gal <laughs> You know, well, let um, me ask you, because you've started to talk about how you work with somebody. So say somebody's listening, they want to work with you. Yes. What's the process? They reach out to you. Well, we'll all your information will be up on the notes of how to reach out to you. But you say you, the first thing is that you send a questionnaire. Is that how? And then I, talk through the process a little bit. I, I do. A lot of times I have a sliding scale. And so when I get some people who say, you know, I don't know if I could do this, but boy, it was sure fun uh, reading about you or seeing you on Vice Media or the Today Show, blah, blah, blah. A lot of times it's through that or hearing from a friend. And so I am one of these people. I'm very old fashioned. I am willing to pick up the phone and call people for and just say, do you have any direct questions? Do you, do you want to know more about my fee? And a lot of times I feel that out. It's a lot of times I do that in my an email, but I'm willing to also talk to people that I know that just feel or 
They just need to hear a voice. Um, and so I do it that way. And then we negotiate out what will work. Um, I sometimes barter for services. And it, it, it tends to fall into place because I, my main thing is, is trying to create an affirming fashion style. And the word affirming is the most important thing that works for each individual. So sometimes that takes more because it's not like me saying, okay, now you're going to go out and I'm going to show you how to dress the way I think you need to dress, which is my style, or it's the style of this brand or whatever, or this trend. And it takes more time, but that's, that's why I'm willing to be more inclusive and accessible because it means taking more time. You're not fitting someone into this, you know, these sort of holes to make it quick and easy. And I also teach people how to thrift, you know, shop if they don't have a lot of money and how to go about finding clothes of quality in thrift stores. And so it's, it, that's why I call myself a style activist. I, I try to put, turn my passion into action and show activities and action that they can take to do the same about the clothes they wear and how they, they can possibly then also like their bodies more yeah, and appreciate who they are. And the fact that they're living, breathing, have this great, you know, round figure, curvy figure, or tag, whatever the hell it is, and and go for it, especially older women. I just hate the fact that we allow ourselves so quickly to disappear. Well, we do, and we listen, we buy into the age denial messaging that we're given. So it's so refreshing to hear your message. It's different. It's inclusive. It's celebration. Um and talk about influences. I know your grandmother, or was it your grandmother or great-grandmother that was such a big influence to you? My, my grandmother, she, first of all, she was, she was a piece of work. She uh, liked to be called Nana Banana. Nana she, Banana, yeah, that's right. Sense of humor. Um, she also happened to have been closeted lesbian. And so her clothes were her way not that I'm saying she dressed in men's clothes. She did, though, in the 30s. I have pictures of her in more structured suits, which, like Catherine Hepburn. Mm-hmm. You know? But she was also a larger woman, not necessarily in regards to, to weight, but just big. I'm wearing her wedding ring. And I don't know if you can see how, I mean, just. She was yeah. a, oh. about her. Was, but she was a clothes horse and she loved to travel with all her friends and her friends, they're all women and they would travel all over and she'd come home with pieces from where, you know, they traveled. And, and so I would just, when I'd go to her home, she let me look in her closets and, and I loved it. And she just had a sense of herself. I mean, she smoked cigarettes in a cigarette holder. She oh got my grand. Our grandmothers are so similar. It's scary. <laughs> and do you know another thing too? What I love, she could put on lipstick while driving, looking at the the rear view, you know, the outside mirror like this. <laughs> you know, and she would just she was, and she'd be sitting there, you know, smoking, and she turned on WABC in New York, and she'd turn around, and go rock and roll rock and roll um so i <laughs> but so she also taught me how to sew 
And I just loved that. And uh, she was just a, a big influence. And, and just her clothes were tailored nicely. She didn't have a lot of money, but she worked, which was very rare at that time. She was a working woman. She's one of the first dental hygienists in America. Mm. I know, isn't that wild? And got me to floss early on. Um, <laughs> and she, but she always had this just wonderful sweater sets and and her jewelry. Uh, my great grandfather was a, a jeweler from Sicily, so her father was a, a jewelry maker, and so I grew up with mounds of fun jewelry to look through. You can imagine. Wow. Um, and so it was always a pa- you know a passion of hers, and she was a very important person in my life. I was a classic chubby mi- uh, middle child, and so in many ways, with five kids, she was my my go to support. And she, matter of fact, she got me my first studs because I, in sixth grade, pierced my own ears. <laughs> of course, you did. <laughs> yeah, I took ready a carrot behind me I cut it put it there iced my ear and jabbed my ear with a a uh, a big needle uh oh god I can't believe I did it and she bought me for four dollars my first gold studs knowing very well that my parents didn't want me to do it yes a wonderful wonderful fashion bad influence grandma. Oh no, such a good, I mean, that's, I, I think about my grandmother and I used to just sit and look at her fashion and I go in her closet the same way. And she had costume jewelry and each box was marked, you know, this is what I, she wore it with. And she had, uh, you know, it all went together and she had the hats and the purses and it's when you, when people dressed up and when they traveled, they dressed up and she traveled around the world. And I think I showed you a dress earlier that she bought in Hong Kong. She bought, you know, she had many things made. And this was in the probably the 70s, even earlier than that. But, you know, not when women were traveling a lot by themselves. She'd travel with friends, but she would travel by herself also. Yes. Well, you know, I learned a lot also by my father. He <laughs> he was a Sicilian, but he loved us looking very good. And my mother and my father dressed well, their fashion sense, but they always were, they dressed very well. And my mother would for Christmas and for Easter, get a dress made. And my father would take us into Patterson and Newark, New Jersey. And his mother had a fabric store. She was, didn't speak. Were a word. Surrounded by fashion. Yeah, yes. Accessories, and- fashion. <laughs> Exactly. And so he went to the tailors there. So we'd go to the Italian and Jewish tailors and we would get matching outfits, all three of the girls uh, for for Christmas and um, Easter. And they were beautiful clothes and beautifully made. And it was what you did in our family. So we dressed nicely when we would go into New York. For just a day or during the holiday season to walk down Fifth Avenue, we're talking gloves, hats, you know, as a little girl. And you dressed up to go into New York. I was very lucky. I lived just like 35 minutes outside of New York. And so that was sort of where we would go. And so clothes meant something. It wasn't to look like you were wealthy. It was just, it was just you. You took pride. 
you took pride in it, you know, and we'd go into filings and have fun. And, you know, it just, it was a part of, it was just always a part of, of, of my life. And yes. you, you mentioned Taylor, and I think sometimes that's another really important resource for women that they don't think about mm-hmm. uh, is tailoring. And, you know, some people's body shapes are hard to dress. It's There's no way around it, but you can get things to be more fitted through a tailor. Yes. I think the thing is, it, it can be for some women, it can be costly. Yeah. What I And so what I say is, Uh, There's two things that you should never not put your money into, you know, get less clothes, but never scrimp on this. And the most important thing, and literally the first thing I say when I step into someone's home and I say, so when was the last time you bought a bra? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, And so get a bra that fits, go to someone that knows how to fit. There's still people out there. We have a fantastic store in Portland, just up the street from where I live called the pencil test. And do you know what that term meant? I'm assuming it's something to, with the bra fit, but. Exactly. The, the, it, it's a, it was a saying that if you could put a pencil underneath your breast and the pencil fit, you know, it, it was time to get a bra, you know, do the pencil. Oh, and the bra under the bra. Under, you know, if the pencil fits under your breasts without a bra, oh, without okay. a bra, you know. It, oh, you know. I see what you're saying then. Okay. Yes. Yes. But it was, um, but that's the name of the store, which I loved. It's an old saying. Um, it means a huge amount uh, of how the body, uh, your clothes flow over your body to have right. a really, and also if you happen to have large breasts, a, a bra that doesn't allow it to push you out this way, which instantly puts on you know, one or two sizes, even visually for you, but, you know, allows you to have a a nice, um, how can, how can I say this without any judgment? It just makes your clothes look better, fit better on you. And it keeps a lot of sort of this bulk look that you can get sometimes if you have a bra, you know, boob kind of and, and that's what I hear a lot from women that have a large breast. So they can't believe what a good bra does. And then the other thing I'll say is get a pair of pants and then, and then spend the money. Don't get three pair, get one pair and get a pair tailored and you will, you will love them and wear them to death because it is true. There's times where tailoring and you can call around, you can call around and find a good one, but also one that's not as expensive, you know, as some of the tailors that um, can, can charge what they charge and, you know, just simple tucks here, darts there. Um, It's, it's amazing. Um, I, I don't do it myself. I don't, go to tailors very much because I'm fortunate enough to know how to do a lot of that myself. But when I have something that I really love, I don't mess around with it. I'm right about to take a leather skirt that I bought, just bought at a thrift store. Beautiful, beautiful leather skirt. And I'm going to get it tailored. And I'm sure it's going to cost at least three times what I bought. (laughs) That's the beauty of it, right? I will have a skirt that literally I can wear until I'm out of my clothes forever. Um, And that's how I want it. It's a great skirt. It's a black pencil leather skirt. Wow. Can't wait to see that. Yes. Yes. Um, And then are there any brands? I know when you were talking about uh, men's clothing, and I know some of the brands have started pivoting. Uniqlo is one of them that shows 
men's shirts and styled on women. Um, are there other brands that you direct clients to that are modern and cost, you know, they're not too costly and. Mm-hmm. Um, what's, I wanted to say this many, many stores are, are realizing the importance of finally creating more androgynous clothing and unisex clothing and also clothing for all sizes. And they're not putting it in the back of the store, as you mentioned before, you know, um, but just with just right in there with all the other sizes, finally, you know, so it's not like when I was a kid, I went to the chubby section and I mean, there was a sign that said oh. chubby. And it, boy, that did wonders for my self-esteem. Yeah. But anyway, yes, uh, there, they, there's, stores out there that um, I really love one. And I want to be very straightforward. One I actually model for is called wild fang. Um, Their clothes are mid range and not, they're not inexpensive, but they're incredibly made. Well, uh, like all their seams are bound. They're clothes that you can wear a long time and they fit various sizes. And I love them. They're fun great colors. They're, they're sort of my fun special, like let's, let's hit this store and see what we can find. That's, and they're online though, too. Believe it or not, I had a friend that, and again, I know this is tricky and I know this is tricky, but because you have to look at too about sustainable fashion and all that, but she went to, she went to old Navy. Old Navy is now putting in large, large sizes for and I'd say that because a lot of my friends say you know if you're a large large woman it never happens you know and I and I dig that I really you know but I have some friends that say no I I shop old navy and I'll go okay then you know check check that out um another one that can border um back and forth sometimes it can be more of like an everlane can work sometimes um, but the other day I had this fantastic woman, uh, identifies as a woman, but loves androgynous clothing and always wanted to have a classic tailored suit. And we went to a men's suit making store. They welcomed my friend, you know, my client in with open arms and you would not believe the beautiful three piece suit that they made for her and along with three matching shirts and it was extremely affordable um and in it i mean her happiness and she says you know i now walk into she works ready for this she works like out in in uh, walla walla and she works in a environmental job and when she went to the meetings with the guys, uh, some of them were sort of the other meetings where you got more dressed up. She just, she always felt less than. So she now wears her suit to all those meetings. And I just, and she said, I just needed to like show them that I can wear a suit well. Yeah. But that statement meant a lot more. Yeah. She was saying, I'm just as qualified, you know? Right. Yeah. And, don't get distracted by my clothes or define me by my clothes. Yes. Yeah. And 
I, it, so what I'm saying is th- it, they're out there now and it's a lot more embracing that when you walk in, they get it now, you know? Well, I love what you say. You have the right. So don't think you don't have the right to wear what you want, to look like you want. So I love the power you give back to everybody. Uh, you have, you know, it's not just men or women or it's every person out there that you you really have your message. And just what's next for you? And then how do people find you? What are you working on? You know, I've been um, enjoying a process with a few agencies in town. Basic Rights Oregon, the Q Center, the Queer Center, SMIRC, which is a Sexual Minorities Youth Resource Center, in creating a fashion-affirming uh, trans and GNC, gender um, normal oh, community. Excuse me. I'm, I think I just butchered that right on, on tape. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Um, but anyway... It It is wonderful. And what we're doing is we're getting together and doing focus groups on what are the needs in regards to style and fashion that things like people who are going from male into a more female presentation and want to wear pumps, you need to start making more pumps in a size mm-hmm. 13, 14. You know, I mean, you know, just really basic stuff. Just basic stuff about like, I can't find this because, you know, it's just not out there. But also to to really looking at them as people that deserve fashion uh, in their lives and making it, you know, accessible, which is is very exciting. And so we're going to do that and we're going to bravely try to do some sort of a, a document that we send out to people in the fashion industry saying, you know, just thought you would want to know. <laughs> yes. Well, it's about education. I am finding that even for the 50 plus woman, the reality, the perception is not the reality and all the, the um, accessibility that they don't even think about that's necessary. Just sometimes just needs to be brought to their aware and, you know, to them and make them aware. Yes. So yes. I applaud you about that. And where do people find you? Uh, they can find me via my website, and that is outofourcloset.com. And I have an Instagram, but I am so bad at it. <laughs> the photos are fantastic, but I'm going to try harder. But I'm, you know, I'm quite the luddite. Sorry, but I'm uh, out of our closet PDX, and you know, you could also go and. Look up narratively. It's a great online publication uh, that I was fortunate to get on. And if you put narratively vintage or narratively style icon, then I come up there, as well as on Vice Media. They did a. a, a that was a great piece. I will include that in the new notes because it yeah. was a great piece. Yeah. Well, I so thank you for your time today and all the work you're doing. I know you and I get to work together and collaborate. You're one of the Celebrate the Gray models. So I'm out there shopping Judith all the time to because I think her story and her face and everything about you is so inspiring for other women. Can I just say back to you, Stephanie, what when I talk with you, it is so nice to have a kindred spirit that 
enjoys what we do, but mostly also really appreciate what we're able to do sometimes for women uh, over over 50. And you do an amazing, amazing job at it. Oh, thank you. Very fortunate to have you out there um, for sure. And I feel way lucky that I can be a part of it. So I'm very serious in saying that. Oh, thank you. Well, I, I'm glad I DM'd you after you were on the Today Show. I was, you know, oh. it was one of those moments of, oh, she will never respond to me. She's on the Today Show. And it, like you, I, I remember getting your message back and my husband, oh my God, she responded to me. I'm going to have a phone call with her. So you just never know. And don't be afraid. No. Uh, reach you know- out to people and you never know what can happen. I mean, I'm so fortunate to have a friendship with you and, um, be able to watch your growth and what you're doing and be inspired by you and, and share your story. So thank you for being here today. And, and thank you. time. And, you know, the last thing I always say is whatever you do, you know, try, try really not to disappear. Um, you, have, you have the right to be present in your clothes, in your body and in the world. Okay. <laughs> Great words to end on. Okay. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. For more information on all of our guests, go to brand50.com, where you'll find show notes and other resources to help guide you through the next exciting phase of your life. Please consider subscribing to our podcast on iTunes, along with other platforms, and write us a review while you're there. You can also sign up for our email list on our site, to get the latest podcast updates. We promise you won't get a constant barrage of emails from us and you can bet we'll protect your privacy as well. You can also follow us on social media accounts listed on our site. Thank you for listening.